0: Right, I am here with Kala and Fergie from Palestine Action U.S. Hi, guys! Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: I wanted to talk to you guys because we have had in the U.S., the U.K., Britain, France, Canada, like huge demonstrations for the past five, six weeks since the acceleration of the genocide in Gaza and Palestine Action. Specifically, I saw uh, you, Kala, on um, one of the Electronic Intifada live streams, and what you talked about there was so powerful. I don't want to like repeat it back to you. I want to give you a chance to say it, but it's basically like the idea that for there to be an actual change, uh, you know, to actually influence the way this conflict goes. It has to be more than just like a, an appeal or a moral appeal or like even a demonstration that we are like the majority, that all of those things can be ignored. So there's like a higher level of, you know, militancy and commitment and direct action that's been shown in the UK with Palestine Action UK, but also now Palestine Action US. So I just wanted to kind of give you a chance to explain that, like just the way that you understand The social forces, the way that you understand the political situation in the West here relative to what's going on in Israel Palestine, and like how you think we should intervene as people who want to stop this horrible genocide from continuing to unfold.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like a a really broad question. And I think something that we've been considering a lot as uh, just over a month ago, we launched Palestine Action US. And this has grown into a way bigger movement than and with a way bigger following than we expected. But I guess just to like ground it in why we decided to take action, specifically the first action we took targeting Elbit, Israel's biggest weapons company, biggest genocide profiteer, which supplies 85 percent of israel's bullets and surveillance equipment and tear gas and drones and land vehicles and battle test these weapons and sells them as battle tested to other countries we decided to take action on october 12th because although this genocide has gone on for 75 years it has intensified beyond our worst imagination. This was October 12th. This was five days after the al flood operation. And it was before the, the worst hospital bombings had taken place. It was before you know, the death count had passed 4,000. Now it is well over 12, 13,000. Probably so much more higher since the occupation is actively suppressing that. And there's thousands trapped under the rubble that we don't even know about. And this weapons company has an office that's a few blocks from where I grew up. And I've been involved in Palestine solidarity organizing for several years. And we've engaged in a wide variety of tactics. I started out engaging in that work. Through lobbying, through like meeting with senators and asking them very politely, will you stop funding a genocide? Will you please stop or at least condition like weapon shipments? And we, I organized for boycotts, organized for like local government resolutions in Cambridge where um, this office is and participate in mass rallies, um, done all sor- different sorts of forms of organizing. We've engaged in those since October 7th as well, because using a wide variety and putting as much pressure on every sector of power that is upholding the occupation is important. But ultimately, those none of those tactics are enough or have been enough. And this moment especially demands a higher level of militancy to take direct action, to Not just march to empty halls of powers and ask the Joe Biden administration and the Democratic Party to suddenly have a change of moral consciousness, which we just don't see as realistic given that it doesn't align with any of their material interests or investments, which have always been with Zionism, always been with uh, occupation of stolen indigenous lands. And so we decided to take direct action because we're not going to just keep politely asking these people to change their positions we are going to actually just directly stop these weapons from being created and from these companies operating peacefully in our neighborhoods because honestly as long as they do operate at peace in our neighborhoods and profit off of that this genocide we also all have blood on our hands by letting them continue to do that and we have a material responsibility to not just like, have a rally outside and hold some signs outside these companies. We should be going inside and we should be undermining and directly intervening in their ability to produce weapons of genocide. And We've seen that Elbit stocks have actually dropped compared to every other major weapons company since October 7th, as a result of this direct action campaign, which has gone on for years before we expanded it to the U.S. and which has actually successfully um, and permanently shut down locations. And since October 7th, we've seen protests against it and more militant direct action. So we're very clear about why we pursue the strategy of direct action, why it's more important than ever to, and why this is different, and also shares importance with civil disobedience, with other forms of protests, with mass rallies, with um, labor organizing, and so many more. So I know that was a, a long answer mm-hmm. to the question, but this is something that we see as our duty also is to like inject the importance of direct action into these, um, into everyone who's engaging in Palestine solidarity organizing right now, because it really is at historic levels. And if these millions of bodies that are marching in the streets were actually cutting off like the supply chain to the occupation, we would be, I think the ruling class would be a lot more scared and they actually might feel the need to change their position.
0: Yeah, so that was a great answer. There are a few things that I want to pick up. But, like, the first one is that Palestine Action UK has been doing this for a while and they have done a number of actions, but they've, you know, focused on Elbit Industries, which you also, I think, have said on Twitter that, like, we focus on Elbit because it works too and because it's had an effect. I also want to ask you, Because there's, like, you know, I don't want to make it too abstract, but there is, like, a theory of how the world works behind both, you know, I would say the Palestine Action way of protesting and the Big March way of protesting. So, like, you could say that, like, the theory is we show the politicians that we have a large constituency and that it could then show them that they might not be in office if they, you know, don't follow the will of the majority or like we show them or we melt their hearts with like, you know, the image of how, how horrible, what's going on is. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of see in the way that you presented here and also on electronic intifada that it's more like an understanding of how decision makers make decisions that, It's you're not going to melt their hearts, and you're not going to. You're they don't actually, they are more than capable of blowing off the majority opinion. And so, what it is that they do respond to on a grand level, like on a grand scale, what interests can be threatened? What of their interests is a, a you know, a group of thousands of people, or tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of people? What of their interests can we? you know, effect to make them see reason or to make them change their course. And so that's like that, I guess I'd like you to talk about that. Like, how do you, what do you think they are trying to do? What do you think they are trying to protect when they support Israel in this unconditional way? And how do you think their interests could be affected by these forms of protest, by the direct action forms of protest?
2: There's a lot that when you say trying to do, you mean, you trying to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, what I mean is like, so when the politicians all come out and say like, no ceasefire, we are absolutely not right. going to have a ceasefire. Why did they make that call right. instead of saying like, okay, we're going to call it off now?
2: Which, I think a couple of reasons. Uh I, Initially, because, as Kala said, their material interests are aligned with the advancement of the occupation. The occupation is not a Jewish project. The occupation is a proxy war and a side hustle of the U.S. weapons industry and the intelligence community. It's the most significant international outpost of of European imperialism, probably, at this point. So from that perspective, the continued ethnic cleansing of Palestine and essentially the destruction of Gaza is in step with their agenda. I think that softer Zionists might be OK with a with a slower version of that. But really, you know, the, the two major political parties in the center are kind of united on, on that front. I, I would anticipate that like the reason that we see major Democrats dancing around ceasefire rhetoric is that they're setting this up to be a concession that they had to fight for and then we'll take credit for the ceasefire. I also think that there are kind of disingenuous actors, you know, even among kind of the left or the progressive movement that would, you know, sort of opportunistically claim that and then continue to tolerate what pre-existed, this particular spike in the genocide in Gaza, which is also why we don't demand a ceasefire. We don't oppose a ceasefire. We don't oppose people who do demand a ceasefire but we're wary around those who might limit their politic and their ask in this scenario to ceasefire, in the sense that when we demanded that they not drill an oil well through the Missouri River on the Standing Rock Reservation, that didn't mean that the Lakota people don't also have the rights to the sacred land that's been stolen from them on top of that. I would also say from the tactical level, like I think I I, I said something, posted something earlier to the effect of that civil disobedience and direct action are both really necessary parts of, like, a tapestry of action, especially in a moment of crisis like this, and fulfill different roles, which are both important, especially, like, engaging mass movement. Um, That doesn't mean that there aren't insincere actors that get involved at different levels of that. And it also doesn't mean that they don't need to be defined. You know, so I I said something like, refusing to eat your dinner is civil disobedience and throwing the plate at your parents is direct action right like like if we're just doing like sort of a, a a juvenile thing well so the other thing is you know what warrants each thing and we can you know we can use that analogy theoretically even if it's a little kind of dark you know but it's like you know if the parent is physically abusive do we believe that throwing the plate at the parent is warranted i would say so it's kind of an analogy to draw although this is not a situation where we're dealing with like adults and children. And I think it's important, again, on that ceasefire thing, not to like infantilize people yeah. who are engaged in an anti-colonial struggle. And that's also why we need to have a more militant approach to our solidarity with them, lest we feel that we are above the sort of struggle that they have no consent to engage in, and that we are above pushing ourselves into confrontation with state repression, when once again, the people who suffering, we are benefiting on do not have any consent in, in the constancy of the of state repression that they face every day. So it warrants like throwing the plate really hard and destroying everything in the kitchen. And again, it's part of a tapestry wherein those who are getting engaged in mass marches and getting engaged in civil disobedience, you know, like going and, and standing and singing in, in, in a lobby, mm-hmm. you know, or sort of soft blocking a door uh, and leaving or whatever um, are, are doing. Because, you know, that's that's certainly getting people who may not have had exposure to those ideas, exposure to those ideas. But when we get to the level of those who are politically serious and clear enough to engage in direct action, that's where we say that I think it needs to be very focused. Beneath that, I think it's acceptable that that people kind of like scatter their focus to any and all supporters of the Zionist entity. But. Once it reaches a level where stakes are higher and again, where you're actually striking fear into the hearts of the ruling class. I think we believe, as our comrades in the UK believed, as the people who organized bus riots in one city in the South believed, as people who organized BDS consolidated to a few brands to focus on, um, that Mm -hmm. a direct action campaign needs to be focused. No one knows how to build a city. No one knows how to build a house. We build one house. Everyone around us can build a city. This is the notion of destroying Elbit Systems completely so that every other weapons company and its enabling entity thereafter can be destroyed according to that blueprint.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way that it's unfolded in, in the UK, when you do these kinds of actions, there ends up being a legal repression, you know, you potentially jail support and and uh, a whole targeting of the people who do it. Right. And so as one embarks on a course of direct action, what are the things that have to be in place organizationally to support people who, who do that? Obviously lawyers, but like, you know, funds and like, you know,
1: I mean, yeah, you, you can I feel like Fergie maybe wants to answer also in like a more literal sense but yeah. i think we really encourage people to have like a strong commitment to direct action and to everything like we just i guess explained about like our understanding of yeah. the need for militancy right now mm-hmm. and therefore when we do open ourselves up to state repression when we do face charges or get arrested or have to go to court that it's not about centering ourselves and our victimization When that happens, because in reality, like any risk that I have in the US, like doing this kind of work, I mean, I'm like facing some charges right now for stuff that's happened at the Elba systems in Cambridge. None of that compares like remotely to what any Palestinian experiences, like in a single minute of a single day. And that's part of why we feel like it's our responsibility to put our bodies on the line. And To shut down these genocide profiteers that are like actually in our neighborhoods. And so part of that is that like we're not, you know, like telling people to turn out to like rally for us at court or like donate to our bail funds because we don't think that's like what is important right now. We understand that those are part of the consequences of doing this kind of work. And we think those consequences are very important for us to for us to take. If we want to, you know, actually shut these companies down. So I just want to add that as like, I guess, part of like the ethos of why we're doing that and why we're trying to like instill this like commitment to direct action in the Palestine solidarity movement and the anti-imperialist movement and why we're also like really building with groups for example like Block Cop City in Atlanta which have been um, as we understand it at the vanguard of direct action and organization in the U.S. and are also very committed um, to the struggle for Palestinian liberation and we think it's important to build those linkages to learn from each other's strategies especially around security and of course avoiding state repression as much as possible but we also see that we can overcome those obstacles and that that is like a necessary part of the work.
2: Yeah. And and I think as far as like the organizational structures, which need to exist and to the extent that, that there is an organizational structure to Palestine action, right? Like I think we're very clear that like what Palestine action is, especially Palestine action U S in the context of how one ought to operate in this country is an affinity network. We're a network of affinity groups who will share the banner of, you know, one strategic fight against Elbit and the belief in the necessity of direct action. So this affinity network can absolutely share information. We can share things that friends and comrades have done in other places in the past. Our UK comrades can share a lot with us. We can certainly share legal resources and best practices and jail support practices. Um, You know, a, a lot of us have involved in, in other capacities for years. You know, I think additionally, we, we do have a, a a sort of bail and legal support strategy in place. Yeah, I think those are important to make something like this plausible. It's also important not to just go get arrested to get arrested, right? Yeah, if we're just yeah. feeding money to the state for no yeah. reason, and taking people off the ground, like, and this yeah. is a lot of the argument that gets used against direct action, I think by opportunists, by liberal opportunists is that that's what it does. Well, it doesn't have to. Lots of really effective things can be done that no one ever sees happen. And or lots of really effective things can be done in really mass ways, which generate either public opinion or have the effect, you know, uh, when you're in an urban environment where there's just like an entrance to a building, if there are 500 people on that street, no one's going in and out of that building. And no police are going to come and really do much about that. You have shut down operations for the day. This is what matters is the material outcome. In the end, maybe that is just civil disobedience, uh, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But if you generate enough of a campaign around Elbit and or like, you know, we talk about the banks who invest in Elbit, like Bank New York Mellon in this country. Mm -hmm. I think I'd heard about Scotia Bank in in so-called Canada. It's fairly plausible to do that, to actually cease operations with that kind of civil disobedience, you know that doesn't mean that 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 can't be combined with people deciding to take bolder action and and i think this is what we're saying unequivocally that bolder action on all levels is absolutely called for but yeah it, it i think it makes sense to have those things in place especially if you're doing something that's more visible and more like arrestable i think they're you know when you're when you're locking down loading docks and actually like stopping manufacturing and shipment like there are ways that a couple of strategic arrests make a difference that that counts so in our situation look some of us are involved in a revolutionary funding collective I won't be opaque about this. It comes from my family's wealth that I sold out of. Um, and I think over time, we're helping to add other people to that, to that war chest. But there's a, a, a collective of cadre and advisors who control that. And, and we involved in that collective have basically guaranteed legal support to direct action movements like this. Uh, so Palestine Action is not an organization. It doesn't have a staff or this or that. But yeah. uh, the Babichki Collective guarantees legal support for it, just like we do block Cop City, just like we would for people blocking the boat anywhere up and down the coast, just like we would for pipeline, you know, like water protectors. This is something that like we want people to be aware of. Generally, some people don't need that support and we encourage them not to use us because we tend to fund things that no one else funds. That's why we exist, basically, uh, in, in that sense, not PAL action. Again, that's a different thing. But it exists to, to support this as well in that way. So, you know, again, no one's getting paid to do this. We're not planning or organizing the individual actions that happen anywhere. We're a national affinity campaign, so we're spreading, you know, our propaganda. And, we are, and propaganda is a good thing. To, we need to define that. And we are willing to provide information and workshop stuff and connect people to resources and connect people to people who live where they live uh, so that they can form affinity groups and take the sort of action they deem necessary.
1: Well, I think the point of like the goal is not mass arrest is important because that is one of the tactics we have seen taken up by a lot of liberal organizations since October 7th, as a means particularly like targeting democratic politicians to push them to change their position. And We, on the other hand, like have not had thousands, hundreds, or even dozens of people arrested doing Palestine actions, um, which, as Fergie just explained, are not like us to like doing every action. It's a a network of different groups doing those. But we see that people are willing to take arrests and to put their bodies on the line, blocking Congress, like blocking different buildings. Um, And we think that like we need to really focus those efforts, focus people who are like willing or feel that they have the privilege or the responsibility um, to take those arrests and to open themselves up to minor legal repression, to do that at a weapons company, to do that in the places that are actually directly sending arms to Israel and to murder Palestinians right now. And we feel that way because we're also wary of opportunism in this moment. We're wary of the NGOization of a movement with a lot of revolutionary potential and, um, instinct as we, um, you know, have like, as Palestine action has written statements, um, about, and we push against that containment or watering down of revolutionary potential. And we think that, That if people are going to be, you know, like engaging in direct action, engaging in civil disobedience, that the time has passed to be appealing to the morality of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party who have shown that they are fully embracing this genocide fully, completely, like without any hesitation. And instead, we should actually threaten the capital of the ruling class and make them scared enough to actually feel like we are going to put a stop to the occupation because we are and because um we will shut Albert down and there is you know mass mass interest and engagement in this movement and we um you know simply need to show that it's possible and replicable everywhere that these companies exist
0: wow yeah i mean i, I don't i i i thought i think that's you know a concise and and a really complete picture but this is ultimately like a Palestinian struggle and Palestinians are going to liberate themselves. But like, where do you see support or solidarity? Is it a matter of by taking action against settler, colonial corporate system, wherever we find it, we are inherently helping or is it more like a focused campaign to try to target particular companies that are vulnerable to pressure that could relieve some of the pressure on Palestinians?
2: The focus, it's both what you asked. The focus, once again, is sort of the bridge to the larger nationalization of the struggle and the internationalization of the Intifada in the sense that it does material damage to the occupation if that company, Albert Systems, goes down it slows down the efficiency of the war machine, even in some marginal capacity. That's one thing that's true. Secondarily, it does embolden sort of mass action all over the world and normalizes a form of serious political militancy in parts of the world which haven't gotten there yet, and specifically does that around this this situation uh, of like the focal point of anti-imperialism so that as a mass militant movement in the United States builds, it builds around anti-imperialism. Well, then we're challenging the empire. And if we're challenging the empire, we're relieving pressure on the occupation. And this is why, like, that's what we're trying to do in the end. We're trying to hit the empire in all of its corners everywhere on earth. So, you know, if, if, if a movement develops again, like we're so emphatic about, please just focus on Elbert with us right now. So that, it can create that blueprint that every single weapons company is targeted by because people are are emboldened by the success of the campaign against Elbit, you know, and then that's just one corner of the rest of the struggle, but a way that it develops in the West and a way that all of these different factions of a United front, which could become the force, the Vanguard, dare you say, even the party that starts to develop revolution in, in North Atlantic sectors, whatever that looks like, these are the people that are going to be doing it are the ones who mean it, that also have the right analysis of what's going on in the world.
1: Yeah, when I learned about Palestine Action UK, part of that was seeing that kids in Gaza make murals dedicated to those people who have been doing this for like three or four years. I think right now, like we understand Palestine is at the forefront of the global revolution, the the global anti-imperialist struggle against us and zionist imperialism because israel is a vassal state for us imperialism and so is zionism as an ideology but we don't have elbit drones flying over our heads palestinians do and they are shooting them down we do have elbit drones and products being built in our neighborhoods and we can go in and we can shut those factories down it's about identifying like, like get where- a
2: misdemeanor and go home five hours later
1: not get shot to and death. And people yeah. want to
2: cry about it. Sorry. <laughs> like, and, and, and that message is to people who are like able-bodied beneficiaries yeah. of settled colonialism. Of course, people who aren't, people who don't fit the description I just uh, put out there would and should and often are just as engaged in this kind of thing. There's just not a mandate in the same way. Um, Sometimes it's internal. Sometimes, you know, again, like we don't want to infantilize in any way. Like there are a lot of Palestinian youth in this country who are down to go fuck Elbit up and they should be, (laughs) you know, but there's that mandate that comes with like when we're saying like, we don't want to hear you cry about it. Like we're talking to like (laughs) elite college students in Boston, Toronto, New York, Philly, montreal you know uh, this is who we're talking to when we take this tone like you don't have that much to lose from that you really don't and you have a lot more period
0: and maybe now is the time when it's like a genocide going on to to make those kind to think about it in that way like what what will be a more serious situation or what will be a more urgent situation than this one
1: yeah, what could possibly be more urgent than literally the worst thing I have ever seen in my life? And that people older than me who live through Iraq, live through Afghanistan, live through those wars, have seen in their lives.
2: I've I'm twice seen. as old as Kalaf. <laughs> and 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 I would say, you know, together with the human tolls of like Iraq and the fall of the USSR, you know, yeah,
0: this is true. This is the worst thing we've ever seen. The worst thing. It's the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you guys so much. Um, I think this is uh, really important. I think that I think there are a lot of people that are really like, you reach the end of your rope in terms of like, what can I do? What can I actually do? How can I actually affect the outcome of of this situation, which seems so, you know, the, the elite and the the political class want desperately to give us the impression that we cannot do anything, right? And so just that message that like there are things to do next, like there are th- there are things to do next. There are things to focus on. There are things to focus your efforts on. There are things that are very, very effective if more people do them. Uh, I think that's just such an important, such an important message. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah, I think we should say, too, Um, I think we were going to more formally oh. put this out there like tomorrow, but we will be calling a mass day of direct action against Elbit on December 14th, we will be calling people to come to Cambridge to target that facility because of the momentum that's been mounted there and the, uh, the capacity to disrupt that place in a softer way so that there can be sort of mass engagement with that. And we will be asking people everywhere, certainly on this continent, if not around the world, that we don't want to presume what other chapters are doing that day to take action against Elbit, so, so again that's december 14th and you can find our socials anywhere at pal underscore action
0: us and <laughs> try to cl- and if i click follow will it let me follow now
1: no <laughs> who knows, who knows? They, they started shadow banning us again yesterday for putting this- <laughs> yeah well
0: the so bank didn't like what we had to say about bank of- <laughs> <laughs> could be could be thank you guys both very much
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on.